Well, that... that could be my fault. It was frozen stiff when we took it out of the ice. I was certain there was still life there. I put it under a lamp and it started to expand. Mr. Stevenson, what you have done could result in the total destruction of all life on this planet. Welcome to Two Guys and Girl in the Podcast. We're talking about classic Doctor Who. We're doing an episode called the uh, Seeds of Doom. It's a uh, Tom Baker episode. I am Ken. Jeff. And we don't have a, a, a girl today because our girl um, is done with classic Doctor Who, and that's fine. <laughs> uh, I think she would have possibly liked one of these episodes. I don't know if she would have liked this one too much because it is a six-parter. It's a little long. But I think, like our previous episode we reviewed a couple weeks ago, Mind of Evil, it doesn't really seem to feel like a, a six-parter. Because but, it's like two different parts. There's Antarctica part, and then there's yeah. Gabriel, like the, what's his name? Harrison Chase's mansion. Before we get into this, um, it's hard when we record three because we're now have to come up... Is there anything else going on with Doctor Who or anything that we've been watching or... I've been listening to a lot of Big Finish. Yeah. And I listened to the... Uh, I caught up on the Christopher Eccleston stuff, and it's actually not that bad. And you just listening, watching it, and go, man, imagine if he, like, stayed on longer. And it seems like he's getting more of the flow, and it's just... You listen to it, like, ah... Oh. It's it's interesting because I read a, a little bit of an article, and I don't I again I write it I read the title I don't normally go into an article because it's usually clickbait maybe I should have but the the article sort of said Eccleston supposedly said someone asked him if he'd return for the anniversary and he said no I would want to be by myself which sounds like Tom Baker and I'm like yeah but. He also has said many, many times that he won't work for the BBC again. He said it at that convention we went to. So um, I think he probably maybe was referencing Big Finish because he's working for that. So I don't know if that means he might come back or something. Probably not. But I just don't see him coming back. I don't see him working for Russell. Yeah. Yeah, and if he if he didn't come back in this whole time that he that Russell wasn't working, then he was not going to come back for Russell. So. Did he have problems with Russell? I think so, yeah. But he had more problems with BBC. The BBC kind of treated the whole situation badly. And he said just less than a year ago, he said, there's no way I'd ever go back to the BBC. So, but then he was boasting that Big Finish was completely different. So, um, What does that have to do with Seeds of Doom? I don't remember. How do we get onto that? Anyways. We were doing what have we watched or read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been watching Fringe again. Uh, it's on HBO Max, and my wife and I watched that when it first came out, and we're watching the show again, and I'm I'm enjoying that again. That was uh, that was a good show. Yeah, and it takes place locally. You know, it's maybe not filmed locally, but it's and it's funny because when when it's I'm sure people who watch stuff that's filmed in California recognize that like. When there's a car chase, they're on a street, and then as they go around the corner, they're on a street that's three miles away, and it's like, how'd that happen? Same thing with Fringe, because they, um, they're they out of Boston, and then there was an episode where, I think it was Springfield. Did they do any location shooting of Springfield just to do like a 
the skyline, or did they just say they're in Springfield? I think for Boston they did the skyline, but I don't think they did any. I don't. I don't. I didn't recognize anything. Because it'd been easy to just hire someone local to hey, can you take a couple shots of? But see, they usually when they went to Springfield, they went to someone's house. So we saw. Well, yeah, because if you look at downtown Springfield, it's really nothing. Well, so, but the, the the episode would have something would happen in Springfield, and then they would go, well, let's go check it out, and they would go back to the lab in Boston. And then, you know, I'm going to pop down and, and talk to someone uh, who worked with the guy or whatever. And so it's like, well, you know, you're not counting the fact that it's a two-hour drive each time. And then they go to Massive Dynamics in New York, and it doesn't say ever say that they're taking a plane down there. So they're driving down back and forth in episodes two or three times, and it's like, it's like a four-hour... Um, or they take the train, which takes even longer. Yeah, well, so, you know, and obviously they're not going to incorporate that into that. They just say it's Boston, Mass, and guess what? We're in New York now, and, you know, there's no, you know, distance between the two of them. They're, the cities are right next to each other, but, um, yeah, but I'm enjoying that. Still watching my horror movies. I, um, I took a little bit of break from that to watch, to catch these, up with these Doctor Who episodes we're reviewing, but... So yeah, um, that's about it. We're gonna get back into the episode. Yes, 1976. Robert Banks Stewart, who also wrote *Terror of the Zygons*. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Douglas Campbell. Was this the last one he ever directed? Because he died not that long after. Douglas Campbell. Yeah, he. he got um. Yeah, this is the last one, I, I, and this is the last regular unit story as well, even though there's no unit regulars in it. Um, yeah, so this up, you mentioned it earlier that the story is, the first part is like the thing um, where the first couple of episodes takes place in Antarctica. For some reason, the Doctor and Sarah take a... Uh, a helicopter up there, not the TARDIS. I'm not really sure why. Um, and they go up there, and they're they're they have an adventure up there, and then it cuts back to Harrison Chase's uh, mansion there, mansion, and which is like this big plant thing, yeah, where he plays really bad <laughs> synthesizer yeah. music to it to the plants. What did you say? I say that music's really bad. <laughs> Tom Baker was actually really excellent. He was hardly silliness. And he was really, really, like, getting angry and losing his cool and, like, yelling. Yeah. Which he doesn't didn't normally do. Yeah, he was good in it. Uh, obviously, Linda Slayton was really good. Uh, I thought all the supporting characters are great. I love Scorby. He's one of my favorite bad guys because at the end he's kind of... You know, he's still bad, but he's also like, hey, you know, um, you know, I'm realistic. I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm still a bad guy, so I have to be a bad guy, even though if I still have to kill you, even though you're helping me and stuff like that. You know, he was it was realistic. Um, he was funny, um, just by the way he was as a character. You know, we're going to kill these guys and stuff like that. So, and and Harris, the guy who played Harrison Chase, was really good too. Um, and then, what's her name, that old woman? Oh, uh, Amelia Ducat. 
He never paid me. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing she got the check from him before he. Yeah, I thought she fertilizer. Yeah, I thought she was gonna he was gonna throw her into the. Uh, 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 you know, another similarity between the three episodes that we're reviewing today that we're going to post over the course of a month or two is that a lot of people died in this one too. I mean, there's not many of the main cast that. The only people that made it out were the doctor and Sarah. Yeah, and there was a you know, and even the unit guy that came in to help him, he ended up being fertilizer. Yeah, so Ducat and the the other guy, the the guy that was running the thing, um, kind of, there were secondary characters that they survived, but yeah, so there's a and the unit soldiers at the end that were mm -hmm. kind of ineffective with their laser guns. Yeah, uh, I thought that up to the 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 set. Up, up in Antarctic was really well done. They were at a looked like they were at a quarry, and they must they have sprayed foam or yeah something on it, some sort of like particles. And for the most part, that was effective. I mean, you could tell um, with the snow coming down and stuff. Although they the explosion goes off, really good explosions in this, by the way. When they blew up the model, yeah. And then Sarah wakes up as they rescue her, and she's she doesn't have any gloves on. And I'm like, those hands would be black and they would fall off. You know, like, she would have, she would have uh, frostbite, but they, so it's like, ah, uh, you know, uh, that was kind of They didn't funny. have any money in the budget for gloves. <laughs> um, Who knows when they filmed it, it could have been really warm. Well, yeah, but, you know, you want to try to, they're wearing winter coats and stuff, why, why weren't you wearing Did gloves? Did you notice that the doctor's shoes were golf shoes without the spikes? No. That's the first time I ever noticed that he was wearing golf shoes. Um, I like when they go into the main bad guy's place, uh, Harrison Chase's place, and the doctor goes, well, I'm the doctor, I'm Sarah, this is Scorby, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and he's introducing the, the bad guys to the, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was good in it. And there, was that, one, there was another one where Scorby goes, turn around, and he does a whole 360. Yeah. Turn around and face me. <laughs> or something about mindless things, and he's like, uh-oh, Scorby, you know, it's... But, yeah, so... The doctor also looked generally nervous and scared, especially what the crinoid can do if it germinates and all mm -hmm. the pods go across the earth. He was, like, really anxious, and he, we need to stop this, and you people are st being stupid, and touching the pod when I tell you don't touch the pod and the crinoid the crinoid is effective the the makeup effect on the people when they're transforming was fantastic when it's a full crinoid they repainted the uh cloth yeah, of access thing it was okay but when it was running it looked like someone inside shuffling a, a giant rubber uh prosthetic yeah and of course, it grew big, and it was the model model effects were still fantastic in this. I, I I'm very. Doctor yeah. always did models really well, well, for the most part. When you care, compare them to Jerry Innocent, they suck. But in this one, they were done better. They were filmed better, so it looked they slowed the film down, so it looked like a explosion where sometimes they didn't, and it just looked like firecrackers going off. But they did pretty good with this one. This one was a. Especially during the Tom Baker era, that some of the model effects were really good. This was one of them that was done well. Um, 
a, a pretty good villain, a pretty good monster for the most part. Um, lots of good cliffhangers. You know, a very solid episode. It's it's one that I enjoyed a lot watching. Uh, um, I didn't take a lot of notes because I um, got wrapped up in the story. Um, it's one one of the earlier episodes that I would have seen. Um, while watching Doctor Who, because at the time, those couple of seasons of Tom Baker were airing in New York on Channel 9 or 11. 11? And so Saturday mornings, 9, we would watch, they would show two of them in a row. They would show two episodes, two um, half-hour parts. And Seas of Doom was definitely one that they showed over and over and over again, and we had seen it in pieces and... and uh, so there's a little bit of nostalgia for what it was. I didn't have the nostalgia of growing up with it, but I had the nostalgia as a... How old would I have been? 79? You know, so teenager, you know, watching this for the first time. And that was definitely uh, an enjoyable... This one episode. plays a lot also on... Pluto TV has a Doctor Who channel, which is a free streaming app, which you put on your TV. Mm-hmm. And this one pops up on there all the time. Oh, okay. What? Well, I didn't know Pluto had Doctor Who. What do they do? They just show what? Which episodes? Anything? Just random. Sure. Like, one day could be the Peter Davison, another day could be Colin Baker, another day could be William Hartnell. It doesn't make any rhyme or reason. Because mm. they'll show, like, Valva or, or Keeper of Truck, and then the next story would be, like, uh, Full Circle. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to what pops up. It's it's actually kind of neat, especially if you like pop it on and you don't. Eh, I want to watch some Doctor Who, but you don't know what you want to pick, and you just pop it on and then like, oh, yeah. watch this. Um, I mentioned this in the previous posting for Mind of Evil, but this episode aired January 31st through March 6th, which uh, Mind of Evil, which we had picked to review the same day, was January 30th through March 6th. It was kind of you know, for, uh, this was 76, that would have been 71, so it was five years difference. Um, kind of a weird coincidence that we picked these at random. Uh, John Chalice, who played Scorby, I found out he died uh, a very short while ago, September, back in September 2021. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And he was still active in Doctor Who fandom. He would do conventions and stuff. Because hmm. he was that popular of a villain. That he would pop up in the convention scene. He might have done big finish stuff too, but he popped up. If, he would yeah. pop up at a convention. Well, I think the in Mind of Evil, the Chinese woman there. I think she did a big finish or something. But I saw her name pop up in that. But um, you mentioned earlier um, this was a lot of it was video recorded. It was video on on us. Um, they do video on set all the time, but they actually videoed it on location, which was rare. They did it a little bit. They did quite a bit in Tom Baker. They did it with Robot, Suntan Experiment, and Stones of Blood. So it was done. It was done a few times, but it's it's more apt that they film. And they had some film inserts, but they did some a lot of. Uh, and it's pretty obvious because it's like really clear and yeah, the colors are bright, stuff like that. Um, this is the last time we see the, that TARDIS exterior, because in the, I guess at the end of the episode, it actually, 
collapsed while both Tom Baker and Elizabeth Slayton were inside of it. I'm assuming the scene at the end when they're getting into the TARDIS. So they didn't end up using um, the TARDIS. They had to make a new one. So it just kind of fell apart. I, I'm assuming, I don't know if that was the original one. It wasn't the original from the, I don't know if it was the original. But were they, were they at the part, the season where they had that wooden interior, or that comes next season? Mask of Mandrago. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I think it's next season, where you had that really cool wooden interior, which they just, which they screwed up because it got warped. They didn't store it right. Yeah. Um, I I, I don't think I've ever read this before, but this is actually they lost this episode. You read about that? No, I never knew that. Okay, before it aired, they lost <laughs> it. <laughs> That's how bad it was. They, they, they. Right before they were going to air the first episode, they lost episode one, the, the video. They couldn't find it. So uh, whoever uh, Robert or someone was starting to plan out to re-edit episode two to eliminate one and try to, and then they found it right beforehand. So they were like, they they were saved. But I was like, oh god, it was numbered wrong and it was put into an archive or something. Thank God it wasn't deleted you know, or uh, erased. Because that was around the time they were doing it. Yeah, so that's Stupid. unreal. There, so many horror stories come out of the BBC. It's like they didn't. It's amazing anything from the BBC from the past survives. Yeah. Um, I guess Philich, 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 Philip Hinchcliffe, who was the writer, I'm assuming, uh, didn't. Producer. Did he write the novel though for this? Was he? Did he write novels? No. No. Terrence Dix did a lot of the. Okay. Well, Robert it, Holmes was a script editor. Well, I guess Philip Hinchcliffe didn't like Amelia Ducat that much. So it says what I read was that in the novel she was kind of removed. But I mean, I don't know who did the novel. Seeds of Doom. It's probably Terrence Dix. So. Anyways. Um, some good background stuff with that. I like the effects in this. I like the format. The fact that it does two different settings kind of makes it almost two episodes, sort of speak, yeah. two different things. But they did that Invasion of Time where you're watching the first part and the tinfoil creatures show up and you're like, oh boy, this isn't going well. And then all of a sudden the Centaurans show up and you're like, geez, that's uh, it's a lot better all of a sudden. <laughs> But they extend it out by doing stuff like that, and this did a really good job of that. It was a good um, back and forth. It was. It was. It was pretty good. I I kind of like the an undercut part better because it kind of reminded me of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I thought uh, I like the setting. Uh, you know, the you know, it's there's some unrealism with it. With the obviously Sarah's walking around without gloves on, and at one point the door is wide open, and it's like you know. It's colder out there than you guys are, are playing out to be. Um, but, yeah, some really good stuff. It was a pretty solid episode. But there, from the Hinchcliffe era, there was a lot of, that's where a lot of the good stories are, and then... Yeah. When he leaves, well, when he's forced out, because all your stories are too scary. And yeah. Graham Williams took over. Like, oh. This episode's a little bit, I can see a little bit of... of Hammer Horror, like they or, or Day of the Triffids. There's also a little bit of the Avengers 
the the um, British TV series where it feels like the bad guy and the plants and stuff, and the, they're playing music, and you would see um, Steed would show up. Steed would be there, you know. So it's similar to that, you know. Yeah, there was similarities to the Avengers. That would seem like something that would happen. Where... Yeah, not not the big monster thing at the end. But... No, <laughs> more um, of the scorpion chase. Yeah. And... Yeah. Anything else about this one? Nope. It's a pretty solid story. Okay. Thanks for listening.